Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 14th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's really interesting watching the price of gold fluctuate based on the latest yammering and speculation in the media. Gold pushed back above the $1,200 mark midweek as the dollar softened on news that the U.S. and China might meet to talk about the trade war. Then gold fell again when Trump tweeted that there wasn't really any progress. Because, you know, there's no better way to base investment decisions than on the president's rambling tweets. Anyway, gold was up a bit again this morning, primarily due to weaker than expected inflation numbers. Some people are already speculating that the Fed may not move forward with a December rate hike. Of course, Peter Schiff has been saying the Fed is near the end of its hiking cycle for weeks now, but not because of low inflation. Far from it. Inflation is clearly on the upswing. The thing that will ultimately hold the Fed back is that they know this economy simply cannot function in a high interest rate environment. The economy is basically running on fumes from the tax cuts right now. It will eventually roll over into recession. There is simply too much debt out there. I'll get to the latest news on government debt here in just a minute. I mentioned the jobs report in last week's podcast. It had just come out as I was recording, and I wasn't able to dig deeply into the numbers. Peter did that in his podcast, and I'll post a link to that in my show notes page. But here's something that's interesting. The Fed apparently thinks that maybe it's done a little too good of a job juicing the job market. Get this, and this is coming from inside the central bank. Since World War II, periods in which joblessness have fallen below the estimated natural rate of full employment have been followed by a recession, with only a half a percentage point rise in the unemployment rate needed to kickstart the slide. Well, the current estimate of full employment is around 4.5%, and we're way below that at 39 So anyway, just another little signal that we may be closer to an economic downturn than everybody seems to think. Now, I mentioned government debt. There's something the mainstream doesn't seem at all concerned about. Here's what Peter Schiff posted on his Facebook page yesterday. Though Trump campaigned to drain the swamp, the federal government just spent $433.3 billion in August, a 30% jump from last year, setting a new monthly record for spending and a new August record for borrowing. The swamp is now bigger and more expensive than ever. Yes, the Republican Party, that bastion of fiscal responsibility, just set a monthly spending record. You heard that right. The U.S. government spent a record $433.3 billion last month, running up a monthly deficit of $214 billion. That is according to data released by the U.S. Treasury Department. Federal government spending came in 30% higher than August 2017 and ranked as the highest monthly outlay on record. Looking at the fiscal year, the deficit hit $898 billion. That's a 39.5% year-on-year increase. And get this, projections are that the deficit will eclipse $1 trillion next year. The government spent $32 billion just paying interest on the current debt. It plunked down $108 billion for Social Security, $65 billion bombing foreign countries, I mean for defense, 
$83 billion on Medicare and $146 billion on all other government agencies and programs. Not only is Uncle Sam spending more, he's taking in less thanks to the tax cuts. The Treasury collected $219.1 billion in revenue last month. That's about $7 billion less than August 2017. Now, don't get me wrong, I love tax cuts, but without any accompanying cuts in spending, they're just exacerbating the debt problem. As Peter Schiff put it, we got tax relief without any government relief. Now, Republican apologists say, well, don't worry, there's no problem here. Economic growth, thanks to these tax cuts, that's going to solve the problem. We're going to grow ourselves out of, the, out of this debt. But this traditional GOP talking point falls completely flat. Again, we got tax relief and no government relief. And as I've talked about before, high levels of debt are a cancer on economic growth. Several studies have estimated that economic growth slows by 30% when the debt-to-GDP ratio rises above 90%. Most analysts I've seen say the U.S. economy is already in the 105% debt-to-GDP range. In other words, you ain't getting all of this promised growth, Mr. Republican. Now, most economists do believe the tax cuts have boosted the economy. I know the CBO has indicated this is the case, but the boost is probably going to be short-lived unless Uncle Sam gets his spending problem under control. And I don't see any sign that the Republicans are even remotely committed to doing what it takes to make that happen. Still, I know it's easy to read all of these numbers and think, ah, ho-hum, who cares? After all, we've been talking about runaway spending, budget deficits, and federal debt for years. Nothing's happened. But remember, we've also been in an artificially low interest rate environment for years. The federal government continues to pile up debt, and interest rates are climbing. The interest payment on the debt hit an all-time high of $538 billion in the second quarter of 2018. So how in the world can the Federal Reserve continue pushing interest rates up? It seems highly unlikely the central bank will be able to move anywhere close to normal without bursting the debt bubble. Analysts have calculated that if the interest rate on Treasury debt stood at 6.2%, its level in the year 2000, the annual interest payment on the current debt would nearly triple to $1.3 trillion annually. Politicians in Washington have created a vicious cycle of skyrocketing debt and borrowing that is only likely to accelerate, and it seems completely unwilling to do anything about it. Now, shifting gears, the dollar has been pretty strong over the last several months, although, as I said at the top of the show, it's shown a little bit of softness with some hope that the whole trade war fiasco will be resolved. The dollar index against a basket of six major currencies was a shade lower this morning at 94.491 after slipping 0.3% on Thursday when it touched 94.428. That's the lowest level since July 31st. But what about long term? Do you know there is a pretty strong move afoot to dethrone the dollar? Basically, the rest of the world is getting tired of the U.S. weaponizing its currency and using it to bully them into submission. So what do I mean by weaponizing the dollar? Well, it refers to the greenback as a source of leverage over other countries. Max Kaiser on his show mentioned Colombia drug lord Pablo Escobar he used to talk about plata o plomo. And my Spanish isn't very good, so forgive me. But that means silver or lead. In other words, you give us your silver or you'll take a bullet. Kaiser said that seems to be America's attitude about the dollar. Either take our greenbacks or suffer the consequences. 
Now, the U.S. holds this kind of leverage with the help of the SWIFT system. SWIFT stands for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. This system enables financial institutions to send and receive information about financial transactions in a secure, standardized environment. Since the dollar is the world's reserve currency, SWIFT facilitates the international dollar system. So it's really no wonder that countries like China and Russia have been pushing for alternate payment systems that don't depend on the dollar. It's interesting because these countries are buying a lot of gold. On net, central banks globally added 193.3 tons of gold during the first half of 2018, this according to the World Gold Council. That represents an 8% increase over 2017. The last time we saw that kind of central bank buying was in the 1950s. In a recent interview, investment guru Jim Rogers said the dollar is on the way out. Now, it's interesting, too, because it's not just American enemies like Russia and China that are pushing for an alternative to the greenback. During his last State of the Union speech, European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker said he plans to turn the euro into a global reserve currency that could rival the dollar as part of the EU's drive to reduce its financial dependence on the U.S. So even America's friends are getting tired of economic bullying. If this movement keeps up, we could be near the end of dollar dominance. I'll link to a few articles on the show notes page for further reading on what's actually going on. In other news, the silver-gold ratio hit levels not seen in more than 25 years this week. It was above 85 for a short time. This is basically silver on sale. At some point, it's almost certain that this ratio will move closer to its historic levels. Of course, we all love a sale, right? This might be a great time to buy silver. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 and talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today to learn more about what's going on in the silver market. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the Friday Cold Wrap over at iTunes for free. We have a link on our show notes page. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again next week.